Welcome, one and all, to another episode of Fresh New Hell, Common People Discussing Uncommon Ideas. My name is Frost with my co-host Mary, and in this one we are discussing a documentary film we've watched on Amazon Prime called A False Reality. So, Mary, why don't you kick this one off? This is something you found. Sure, Um, this was a different one. You know, as always, you find it in the rabbit hole, but um, this one was really interesting because it 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 went down some different trails and it kind of wound around on itself and wrapped back up. But basically the, the general premise of the documentary was that we are living under a false reality, that people have become very detached from the natural world and we've kind of forgotten our place in it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't about that, the title would be way off. Yeah, super, <laughs> super stater of the so, obvious. Yeah. yeah. But what I found interesting, and again, it kind of goes through, the evolution of being separated from nature and being nomadic tribes and the evolution of money and going on even into, you know, technology. And they didn't mention virtual reality by name, but, uh, but video games and, you know, basically pacifiers of, and food and religion and all these control mechanisms that have basically created a dream world. And I'm smoothing over a lot of stuff, but, um, but the interesting part that I just wanted to bring up up front was it never really gave you any type of clue as to what you can do about it. You know, not that, you know, not that, that it was a hundred percent necessary, but if you're going to go ahead and fuel a documentary with all this stuff, which I didn't disagree with at all, I'm going to be right, honest, yeah. but you know, but, but not giving you some type of ultimatum on how to achieve more, you know, it, it really kind of centered on the idea of, of being in more in tune with your with your unconscious mind or, and or conscious mind, which, and how do you get in touch with your unconscious mind? Do you think maybe the reason it didn't give you the answer is because it just wants you to have the awareness and that the awareness itself was enough to be the answer? Like if you Could just- be. Well, and again, for, for you and I, it's probably a little bit different because we've already seen things that right. sort of speak to this. So if you're a fresh, you know, person to... I don't even know oh, if, if you, this is the first. Yeah, I don't I mean, I don't. Even, yeah, I don't even want to call it spirituality. Although no. I guess it probably would probably, if you had to classify it one way, that's probably mm-hmm. what people would classify it. If this, if you're a total newbie to the idea of it, then it, you know, I don't know if it would be shocking, but it might be enough for you to at least try to investigate the why, not the why, but the how to overcome it. Because it kind of said that we have a generalized fear of losing our true self. Now. The documentary also kind of purports the idea that we don't know our true self. So why would I be fearful of losing something I'm not aware of or don't really believe or conceptualize of what that actually means? But then it talked about the idea when you lose your sense of self, which basically translates to death, um, that's what we ultimately fear, which, sure, I mean, that's a common fear. But at the same time, if I was in tune or my unconscious mind took over my conscious mind, or I gained knowledge through, from my unconscious mind that creeped into my conscious, you know, my consciousness, and I overcame the idea of fear of loss of self. Would my life change dramatically or not? I, I think the the other thing it was trying to allude to too is like the the fear of death isn't the fear of actual death and dying. Right. Exactly, was that yeah. you were just losing yourself. And then maybe if you had that fear released where you weren't afraid of losing yourself, that it would free you up to do other things in a different way, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm sure, I mean, Shane, I'm sure you're right. But I mean, again, but if you, if part of the understanding of knowing your true self relies on your knowledge of your unconscious mind, finding whatever that may be, your sense of self... If it's unconscious, 
Yeah, how are you going to find it? <laughs> right, yeah. that's my whole point. Yeah, that's the conundrum I had. Around in a weird that's way the conundrum I had sense. with the with the with the documentary. But it does, you know, again, cover a lot of interesting elements of modern life and trappings. You know, again, the idea of money, the idea of, um, I mean, there are numerous ones: the church and in control. And it alludes to the idea of like the marketing man. The marketing man is like right, kind of positioned, yeah. kind of positioned in this documentary is like being all evil in a sense yeah. because the marketing man knows how to manipulate us to be consumers and buy things we don't need, and you know feed our kids drugs and buy our kids video games and tablets and in you know whatever uh, computers and whatnot too because we're not we're too busy to be bothered right. and raising our kids. Um, in this ultimate false reality or dreamlike state. So here's another loopy weird one that I was thinking of. Um, Like when everybody, everybody, like when Lex Friedman talks about the fact that we live in AI, but if you do live in artificial reality, maybe we're already in it. Maybe this documentary is just kind of showing us a different version of it. Like maybe we always think our our artificial reality that we live in is going to be like all futuristic and interesting, but maybe it's just glossed over the natural world so that we live in this kind of fake plastic reality. Oh, that, that's what this thing is definitely saying. Yeah. Although the interesting thing about that is if we factor in the idea of artificial intelligence, which we know exists and is becoming sure. more prominent each day that goes by, the reality there, the true reality in my mind, and even if it's built on a false reality, is we will lose 100% of the time to AI, Right. Oh, yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? I don't think that's up for debate, but I mean, it is, you know, like, but and this isn't mentioned in this documentary at all. No, it didn't really tie as much to the artificial intelligence. I'm just saying, like, is the reality itself, have we made our own artificial reality that's just not natural? It's not yes. that we're in a computer experience. It's not we're in oh, a no, simulation. Oh, no, no, no. I, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. But, that that really is Well, just the, reality. yeah, the advent of cities and all of this man-made concrete and steel and all the things that we build. I mean, the interesting thing is in the documentary, it kind of, well, it says basically that everything that's created by man comes from a man's mind or a human mind. And considering the idea of the past and all of these people writing, you know, again, creating history for us with the understanding that their brains weren't any bigger than our brains, that's kind of an interesting point in the idea that, again, we can go ahead and continue to create whatever reality we want that goes back to the dawn of man. I mean, just the idea that everything that we may desire or want or fear or whatever it may be is essentially man-made. Right. And it's just coming from one person's imagination and being fostered to many other people's imaginations, which can either you can either build upon or accept or reject or follow blindly, which, you know, again, is, I mean... Uh, you know, the documentary basically says that we're we're, the, we're we're Frankenstein's monster. We we're the creator of the monster, and we're the monster itself. Right, we're the the, uh, the like result of it. We're yeah. the result of it, and and in some cases, you know, honestly, we accept it for what it is, and we live, you know, because it's like, like I, you know, I can't deny understanding and and certainly agreeing with some of the facts, right? Mm-hmm. But what are you going to do about it when the whole world? is programmed into a reality which you may or accept or, or refute, meaning in this case it's you know greed and money we talk right. about a lot is a common theme in life, which I don't think anyone denies, right. or fame or but whatever it may be. step out of that? Right. Yeah. You know, and this guy, I mean, he kind of tried to oversimplify it and said, well, you just need to go back to nature. And it's like, well, okay. That's nice, um, but with what money and where's your shelter? Yeah. Right. And even <laughs> yeah. if you did that, you know, if you talk to people that are, again, we, we discussed mm-hmm. this briefly um, 
off mic, if you're a person in a third world country or if you're, you know, again, a, a tribesman in, in, you know, in the bush, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't even know if you could even compare or even ask that person like, well, do you think your life is great? Now, he or she may say, yeah, um, but comparatively, if they were to see something else or... Well, therein lies the rub, right? Because right. I think if you go to those countries, it's somewhere odd, like Bhutan or somewhere very simple. Wherever, like, it has like the, the happiest. Outback or something. Yeah, yeah. but they have like the happiest population on the earth. I want to say they did a documentary about really? it, like the happiness no. quotient or something. But okay. that's like something that the, the culture cultivates. But their happiness is only based on the fact that they don't know everything else exists, I guess. Right. So like the tribes people, if you took them to Times Square and showed them everything and they saw the bright lights and the video games and the fast food, All and of it. Yeah. would they then not enjoy their reality because they think it's not good enough? That's a good question. There, And I'm sure there'd be a fear factor there, of course, if you just dropped right. a tribesman off the, you know, right. the fear the, of the Savannah yeah. into, into Times Square, it'd probably have a meltdown right. and want to, you know, run to for his fair, life. To be fair, I wouldn't probably enjoy that drop off. But you're right. Because <laughs> you, that, that would actually have to, you'd have to grow somebody in a vacuum for them to, you know, again, like you said, mm-hmm. or some very secluded place where there's no other remnants of other type of man-made structures or, you know, well, it's almost like the Amish progress. kids when they go on their little uh, rum springer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, when it's like right. their first exposure, like when they were at home, they were probably super happy because they hadn't experienced the thing that they were missing. And then Could when be. you send them out in the world, and they can have all those. Experiences. Although, although it's interesting, and I don't know what the percentage is because I don't follow that. But like, yeah. what I wonder what the actual current percentages of kids that are raised in those communities that actually actually go on rum springer or some type of thing, and how many actually do return. Versus ones that oh, denounce denounce their roots. You oh know? gosh, I don't know. You know, it'd be yeah, an interesting yeah. it'd be an interesting thing to see. But there, but that is fascinating because if you think about it, for me, and it's hard because I have nothing else to compare it to. Right. I didn't live, you know, in the woods in, for ten years. Right, yeah, I didn't exactly. live in the Stone Age. I can't I can't compare yeah. at all. I have no no frame of reference. But you know, just thinking if if I if I wanted to at least um, whatever you know, theorize that idea if I did live that way and I was exposed to modern creature conveniences, there's no way I would go backwards. I mean, it would just be, it would make absolutely no sense. Like if I knew there was a machine that turned butter, like why I'm like, what am I doing this for? Yeah, exactly. Why? What a waste of my time. Like I could be doing something better. I could be helping my community. I don't know. Do something else. There is the downfall right there. Cause that's always the idea is if I can make butter differently and churn butter quickly and I have all this free time, I'll have free time to do good for the community. And that's just not the case. Your free time is going to be playing candy crush on your phone and watching raccoon. Well, not, well, not if I'm Amish because I probably (laughs) don't have a phone. Right. But I mean, for the most part, like, I don't know, but that's, that's a good, that's an interesting question, right? Because if you don't have people that can go ahead and imagine and dream and, and think of a better, a better convenience or a better way or more efficient way to do things, then you're, you're basically, again, trying to find joy in your work. But anybody, again, it doesn't matter if you're doing the best job on earth to, I mean, maybe not the best job on earth, but, you know, I think anybody will tell you whatever job they have, even if it seems glamorous from you on the outside, having no frame of reference, you know, like, I mean, maybe not a movie star, a rock star, but something. Oh, but like the day-to-day monotony is not what you think it is. Well, I'm just saying that anything that you do eventually becomes a job. Right. You know, and there are trap there are their own trappings because there are people like again, rock stars and celebrities who who love they still have to go to work some days. Well it's not just that, but it's all the stuff that comes with it. Like mm-hmm. again, if you're a really big rock star, a really big star. I mean Harry Styles. 
Right. Harry Styles. Yeah. Sure. Harry Styles. Like Harry Styles, I'm sure if you asked him in general, do you love your life? I'm probably sure he would say yes. However, I'm sure there are moments in his life where he's like, man, you know, I don't want to have 8 million fans in my face. I would love to I'm go tired. to myself one I'm day. I'm tired yeah. of having cameras all over the place, people asking for my attention or my autograph or whatever. I, you're only human. You'd have mm-hmm. to think at some point in the game where you're just like, this sucks. Yeah. Because it's like I've got all this fame and fortune, which is which is great, and that's what I've worked for, and, and I've been lucky enough to get it. But I can't go down the street without having a mob around me. Well, you know, and I, I, I the trapping you know. with everything, you know, like you, you know, I work with a lot of people that own their own small businesses, and there's a very fine line where you're making really good money, and you have a really comfortable life, and you make like ten thousand dollars more, and it's a nightmare. And you have no free time and you're just surrounded by accountants and nonsense all the time. Like there's always that happy, oh, yeah. happy medium of where it's okay. Yeah. And you know, people were probably the same situation where we were probably living a very well-balanced natural life and we got one convenience and that was okay. And we managed it and then we got another and another and another and another. And then now we don't even, you know, our feet never well, get now dirt, it's all, you know, well, we don't yeah. even walk well, in the ground. Yeah. Now it's all about more. That's, right. and that is what this, this, this documentary kind of talks about. That we've created our own monster yeah. and that we're trapped in the machine and that we are, we're constantly being fed by the machine. And we're reliant and, on the machine and that we've made. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like all around us. It's like the so force. Then isn't that the AI? Isn't that us have created the AI that is in and of itself like creating the trap for Pro- us? Probably, probably more so than we, be- than right. we would believe. Right. Sure. That's what I think. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, That's again, crazy. yeah, and there's a side of it because I'm sure there are people that are completely devoted. It's like the Matrix. They're mm-hmm. completely devoted to the Matrix. If you think about all the aspects of your life and all the things that are good and bad, everything that goes with your life, like you're literally a cog dropped into a machine. Well, there's a percentage that don't even care if they are a cog in that machine. As well, long that, as that that's machine my, turns. And that's yeah. my point. That's my point that you're actually helplessly reliant on the yeah. machine that you would probably defend it. Like if you thought that somebody was going to take it away and particularly if somebody told me and said, Hey, I'm going to pluck you from your, your life now, which again, you could say is good or bad. And for me, I mean, I can't complain. Um, could be better. could be worse. Sure. And I'm sure a lot of people would agree with that. But it said, Hey, I'm going to pluck you from your current life and drop you on a desert Island. I'll drop you into reality or what they what perceive what they, yeah, what they perceive as real reality. And again, that's always subjective too. Right. It's like what, you know, what Some you believe, something different. Yeah, what's yeah. normal for you may not be normal for me or, what, or abnormal, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. But I mean, what would that look like? And I, I mean, I, you know, I don't think that would, I don't, I think I'd be more frustrated than anything. That's because I've already seen behind the curtain, mm-hmm. you know, um, but um, yeah, I can't imagine if somebody dropped me into, or somebody dropped me into an Amish community. Nothing against the Amish. Yeah, you're just I, not familiar. You can't cook. Yeah, no, I, no. I mean, you're not and, and this is, and this is and the, yeah, this is one of the things that I did mention, which was interesting, and it's in kind of it, true, and one of those truisms, which is kind of like scary, is the idea that modern man or human beings um, in developed countries, that is, really have no survival skills. Yeah, you that, probably, was one, that was you one. You wouldn't of the, make it. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd certainly, okay. I'd certainly die trying, yeah. you know, I mean, again, I mean, I'd probably eat the same crap every day <laughs> forever yeah. and just yeah. deal with it like yeah. they do in the matrix, you know, eat your, whatever your, your oatmeal, well, like whatever that is, porridge, yeah. yeah, whatever it is. But, um, but it wasn't, it's, it's a telling, it but is, it a is telling. there's a population that would starve and die, that they would not make it. Right. No, 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 exactly. No, for sure. That's you crazy. Know? Yeah. I mean, it is, you know, I, there's so many things to think about, but I mean, for me watching the documentary, what was frustrating was, as I've already stated, mm-hmm. was the idea that they don't give you any type of it's like keys. A you know what it it's, is? Like it's like life psychology. sucks. Yeah. Life sucks and you're being controlled by the man. 
but there's really nothing you can do about it other than, oh, maybe you should get more in touch with nature. And it's like, that's way too yeah. broad. What does that mean? Like, I'm going to go sit by a stream in the woods and all yeah. of a sudden I'm going to have an epiphany that, you know, this simple life is much better. I'm going to no, get more out of, of the it. The nature portion of it is not even that you're going to have the epiphany that life is better, but it's like just literally sitting in nature. I was listening to something about, um, it was all about vision and, and sight, but the one thing that we're missing is natural light doesn't hit your eyeballs hardly ever because you're not outside. If you are outside, you're in your car. It's going through glass. Well, you don't want to be outside here anyway. Um, No, it's 4,000 <laughs> degrees. We live exactly. on the sun. Yeah. Um, but no, it was saying that there's so many things and aspects to nature that are important to your daily metabolism and physiology that we've lost track of where that like, I don't sunlight in the morning sets your circadian clock for the day and and it has different things to do with your actual vision and, and timing and things like that. So I think getting back into nature probably resets a whole litany of things that we can't even realize. You know, could be. Like a, if this then, it, it could know? be. And, it, and if that's true, which I don't disagree with, by the way, if that's true, I would love to know what those metrics actually are. Like it says like, oh, you should be in nature for 24 hours at least one day a week. Yeah. That, that would be helpful. That would be awesome. Right? I mean, if that's if that's the case. But, and again, what constitutes nature? Like if you're in a park with grass, but it has like, you know, concrete, you know, whatever pathways oh, or whatnot I think and trees, just at this is point, that nature? Just means outside. Or like just, think, out, just outside literally. Yeah, I think so, for people in this day and age. How, but if you're outside in a city, you're not really in nature. No, right. but at least you're outside. You know, you're out of the building. You're at least getting some UVA and UVB lights directly in, like not filtered through glass. Yeah. And then didn't we watch something about, some, was it Asia or China, where they did the urban oasises, where they put all the green areas in the in the urban areas? Maybe. I mean, that's why a lot of cities yeah, have parks and stuff. I think it's like Shanghai stuff. or something, where they could be. I don't know. I think that's something you might have watched land. by yourself. I it don't could be. Yeah, you know, I like the plants and trees. But <laughs> it was something where they had set aside big portions of the city area to make these gardens and it was like uh like oxygen washing or something like you were supposed to routinely go through it on your breaks from work like Hmm. go sit in the the green areas okay yeah i mean i can't i can't uh, deny that there's got to be some type of benefit to to that for sure but it would be but you know being a a modern person or relatively modern person you you like to think like well there's got to be somebody out there that's calculated all this like and again and of course it's not a one-size-fits-all situation it never is but at least if you gave you some type of barometer Like, because it would be an interesting study, like, do young people need to be outside more? Which they probably are, or at least they used to be. When I was a kid, I'd be out on my bike and stuff. But I don't think that's like that anymore. Yeah, maybe not, because everybody is sitting behind a computer or on Mm -hmm. a video game console or whatever. Well, I think COVID just made that so much worse. Well, there's that too. Yeah, Yeah. there's that too. Yeah, it'll be interesting for all those people that, again, have been been boxed up for so long and been really, really miserable about it. And then as things have loosened up now, whether or not... They're fearful of going out because of the possibility oh, no, of the Delta fearful. strain yeah. or whatever yeah. may be working out there. No, now. I, I think there's a big portion of the population that's going to stay inside that they, they were looking for a reason to be told to stay in, you know, and they, they've got their reason and they're going to stick to it and they're yeah, not going to come off of it. The insiders. Yeah. yeah. yeah they're going to be insiders. <laughs> the insiders. We'll be the outsiders. We'll be the, yeah. We'll be the, we'll be the greasers. They'll be the socias, <laughs> the insiders and the outsiders. We'll stay gold and they'll be tarnished. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, any other closing thoughts on uh, a false reality? No, um, I think it was, um, it, it didn't have a big payoff. I did feel like it was sort of like when you go to psychology and they, they want you to find your own answer. It's, it's like, like tell it's, me something I don't already know in this case yeah. for me. I mean, it, it did, there were a couple of of insights not enough to really go wow I'm Nothing my, you know, like mind news. blown yeah. yeah yeah but uh and it was a sad reality because a lot of the stuff i do agree with yeah. but 
but yeah, unfortunately, it didn't give you any inkling other than, like I said, sit in nature. You'll feel better. It's like, yeah, mm, didn't give yeah, you a big yeah. payoff. Made, you made can't. You that's. I need a little bit more than just be be in tune with nature. Right, that that yeah. doesn't help me at all. So, yeah. well, uh, this concludes another episode of Fresh New Hell: Common People Discussing Uncommon Ideas. Again, my name is Frost with my co-host Mary, and as always, please subscribe and join our community. We do drop new content every Monday. Uh, be sure to rate us on your favorite podcast platform and connect with us at freshnewhell.com where you can leave us a voicemail. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and we will see you in the next one. Stay gold.